Hello, hello, and welcome to the Holistic Fitness Podcast, where you'll learn how to get your goals without burning out. I'm your host, Laurie, and this show isn't just about movement and nutrition. You probably already know that exercise and nutrition is important for your mental and physical health and well-being. It's also about stress management, mindset, shedding those limiting beliefs, and working through some of that childhood trauma while you're at it. Today, I'm joined by Furkan Dandia, who is a therapist, author, speaker, and coach. After going through adversity and working in the corporate world as an engineer for many years, Fakan decided to pivot and pursue a master's in psychology. Fakan developed a newfound passion for making a difference in people's lives and working with them to find their purpose. Going through a divorce made Fakan realize how much shame there is for men around failure. That further motivated him to help other men like himself. After seeing the life-changing benefits of therapy, Fakan decided to become a therapist himself. In addition to becoming a therapist, Fakan has a podcast, Easy Conversations, a men's group that he facilitates to help men embrace their vulnerabilities. And he's also released a book, The Pursuit of Self-Love, 30 Uplifting Messages and Reflections. When struggling with adversity, Fakan wished he had someone to turn to, someone who he could speak with, someone who could help him navigate through things or even provide him with a different perspective. While everyone struggles with adversity differently, adversity is relative and we all need support. Bakan is passionate about working with people to address their childhood incidents and trauma. He believes that childhood experiences shape our behaviours, patterns and beliefs, ultimately influencing our perspectives of the world, relationships and how we view ourselves. Often these behaviours, patterns and beliefs are manifested subconsciously and we're unaware of the role in shaping our lives. The narrative then becomes that life is happening to us. Fakan's objective is to help people become more aware of these subconscious actions and dive deeper into the source of these behaviours, patterns and beliefs. Fakan believes we can all live purposefully and work towards our best selves once we have healed the past. How are you going today, Fakan? Really good. Thank you for having me on. I appreciate it. Really excited to have you tuning in from Canada. I have not heard a Canadian accent in a while, and I certainly miss living in Vancouver. So very grateful to be able to listen to you for the next 40 minutes or so. (laughs) That's awesome. I'm I'm surprised you actually picked out the Canadian accent right away. So that's (laughs) pretty cool. (laughs) I don't always. I don't always. So I can't give myself too much credit. (laughs) Fair enough. I... I'm very happy to have you on because, you know, I don't always have guests that are, I have a lot of guests that are very much like female health focused. Um, I know that a lot of your teachings does translate to to women's health as well, but I know that you do a lot of work with men's mental health um, and also self-love healing and uh, discipline, which are things really important to me too. But I feel like when anyone ever gets on a journey where they're helping people with self-love or discipline or healing, there's some sort of backstory. So can Mm -hmm. you tell me the context that I would need to know to know why you help people in the way you do today? Yeah, absolutely. I think for me, it really started very much to your point uh, on a personal level first. And I think that's the most crucial part is gaining that awareness for yourself before you can actually help others or, or go down that path of wanting to help others. If you're not fully aware yourself, then what are you going to offer other people, right? That's the way I look at it in terms of Mm -hmm. life experiences. For me, it really started with the, uh, kind of the tough situation of going through a divorce. And, um, I think it was difficult because 
part of it required me to look at myself if I wanted to come out of this. And there, there's two aspects to it. There was this belief in myself that I will get through this difficult situation in my life. Um, and I, and then I guess I didn't fully appreciate at the time what it would do for me in terms of how I would evolve as an individual. So, so that was part of it. And then the other part, in order to get through it, I had to ask for help. And as a man, that was probably the hardest thing to be able to, first of all, acknowledge that I needed help, but then even put myself out there and ask for it. And that asking for help really shifted towards therapy. And fortunately enough, before the whole divorce process started, I was already seeking therapy to get guidance on how to even go down that path. So I had some anchors in the therapy world. So then I started seeking it on a deeper level. And initially it was really to get through the process to have someone I could talk to where I didn't feel judged. Um, I didn't have a lot of friends that I could trust at that time or even open up to because of the shame I was carrying around uh, a failed relationship. And there was a huge mindset shift that I needed to go through because of what I was telling myself that this is a failure. So having that therapist who I could just openly talk to things uh, about things was really helpful. But then that kind of pushed me into at one point realizing or my therapist pointing out that I may need to heal the past. And it was really dealing through some of the childhood trauma that it was there, but I'd never paid a lot of attention to. And when we started digging deeper, I started realizing or remembering a lot of situations that I'd probably uh, repressed and, and they were presenting themselves in different ways and unhealthy ways. So that's, kind of where the journey really started. And um, I also realized that a lot of men are like myself in these situations. It doesn't always have to be failed relationships, but it could be other types of stressors in their life. Uh, they're probably carrying a lot of childhood trauma that's being projected into their relationships and everything they do, uh, or even passing it on to their children. So how can I be an advocate for that and support other men? So that's where I started my journey through my own healing. And now, uh, and then I, I also went and uh, applied for a master's in psychology to become a therapist, which was also a pivot in my life because I was working, I, I still work as an engineer in the oil and gas industry here um, where I'm based, which is a huge industry, as you probably appreciate from your mm -hmm. little visit to Calgary. Um, but yeah, that's so, so going through a career pivot as well has been instrumental in being able to support other men uh, in this space. Wow. What a journey for Khan. And I'm so glad that you're sharing this because my observations of men, like, and I guess I, I'm more so on the end of like being the, the girlfriend or whatever, mm -hmm. like sometimes there's some sort of, and maybe this is just my experience, some sort of closed mindedness or mm -hmm. narrow mindedness when it comes to, thinking even especially if you had like a quote unquote good childhood that mm -hmm. there's any childhood trauma to even solve or that what maybe your parents did affects your behaviors as as a, a an adult and and it does even mm -hmm. if you've had like a great childhood there's still specific things 
from your observations from working with men, how do you help them generate an awareness? I assume it's different to how women do things. Well, I I don't know if it's a whole lot different. The way I look at it and and my perspective is that we all have trauma. Now, it's very subjective, right? So to your point, if if you believe your childhood was relatively good, there could still be one or two incidents from your childhood that really impacted you, right? Mm. So there's no, that's where we have to kind of take a step back and not judge people or, or make them or or shame them for even carrying some difficult situations. Because again, it's just because someone's life was a little bit better and maybe not getting a toy. And this is just an example, one Christmas or, or for their birthday was the most traumatic thing that happened to them. That's still traumatic for them. Right. Mm. So I, I know I'm using a very simple example here, but that's the point. Like we, we shouldn't be judging. So when I'm working with men, even if they're um, reluctant or perhaps in denial that there, you know, there was nothing wrong from their childhood, it's still digging deep and understanding how it's presenting itself today. Right. Mm. And it, presents itself in a lot of ways. And I touched on it a bit earlier. It, it shows up in relationships. It shows up in the workplace. It shows up um, in friendships. It, it could show up in many, many ways. It could even show up in your own self-esteem and belief in yourself. And I see that with a lot of men who perhaps lack confidence in their abilities or aren't able to deliver or commit to things because there's something inside that's preventing them from doing that. So it's bringing that to awareness and understanding, okay, where is this resistance coming from? Where is this insecurity coming from? Why are you holding back and and what's preventing you from truly living your best life? And that's where I really like to focus. My approach when it comes to working with men, even though I do a lot of coaching, is not to focus on goals of, oh, I'm going to hit this weight or I'm going to achieve this thing. It's understanding, okay, how can you heal the past? Because once you're able to heal that past and become aware of your own barriers and your own limiting beliefs that you set within yourself, I think once you're able to navigate through that, then you can put your mind to anything and achieve it. And Mm -hmm. I've experienced that myself when you're able to believe in yourself and not let the past trauma hold you back, you're inviting those situations into your life. You're inviting that abundance into your life. You're inviting the the people that you want to be surrounded with into your life. Um, So it is very powerful, but it really starts with, in my mind, healing the past. And to your question, it applies to both men and women because we all experience things in our childhood, right? And although based on some of the research I've come across, men are more susceptible to a lot of the childhood experiences, especially if there's not a lot of secure attachments in their childhood with uh, especially the caregivers, men are more susceptible. But at the end of the day, both men and women experience it. So that's the biggest thing Mm. to, to note. Yeah, I would definitely agree with that as well. And I would agree with like what you said in terms of like how much it um, blocks you. Um, 
for me personally, they were very simple. Like I, I did have like a level of like just being on welfare and stuff like that, that, that a lot of people don't experience. But the things that were actually my biggest childhood traumas was one, when I said I wanted to be a famous actress, being told, mm-hmm. well, enjoy waiting tables for the rest of your life. And the other one was being laughed at in drama class because I took it too seriously. Um, mm-hmm. And the whole kids laughed at me. Two really simple kind of meaningless examples on the great scheme of things. But until I released that, I didn't, I started like getting on TikTok. I started this podcast. I started allowing myself to be seen because being seen is something that I really enjoy and am comfortable mm-hmm. doing. But my society pushed me down for being seen when I was younger. So I think that, I think that examples really help people. Like that's my personal example. Um, Do you have any examples of like simple childhood traumas or simple things, not for like either for yourself or for a client or for a friend that you've seen that you, you could share today to maybe help bring awareness to people? Yeah. I mean, uh, I'll definitely share some personal examples, but I think the theme is very common and I appreciate how Mm. you shared your own, experiences but the common theme there is not being seen or not being heard right yes. and that's what it really is so in my cases too not not as simple but fairly more traumatic i would say um and again i'm, I'm not trying to blame my parents i know they were doing their best and i i love them uh, dearly it's just again uh the emotional abuse that i experienced but what th- that translated to was not being seen and not being heard, especially in those moments where I just wanted to voice or express myself. So that is a very common theme. Obviously, you can look at the severity of the incidents that differentiates the the level of trauma. But at the end of the day, the core issue is not being seen and heard. And that's what manifests for all of us, right? So Mm. because we start believing that we're not worthy of being seen or heard, will continue to replay that throughout our life. And we will continue to put ourselves in relationships where that is the pattern. Even though we know it doesn't feel right and there's something wrong there, inherently we, we're still, there's something about that dynamic that feels comfortable to us. And mm. that feels in a weird way, it just feels familiar, right? So what will continue to repeat those situations, even though at our core, our intuition or our wisdom's telling us that, hey, this isn't how you should be treated in a relationship, or this is how this isn't how relationships should, should be, but it just feels familiar. So yeah, I would say a, a lot of the clients I work with too, very similar experiences uh, in terms of what the themes are. Uh, but at the end of the day, the incidents vary in terms of the level of trauma for sure. And and because of that, depending on the severity of the trauma, some people, it takes a lot more work to mm. deal with it, uh, to be able to bring it to your conscious awareness. And the other thing that happens a lot of the time and often discourages people, it, it was a huge shocker for me too, but now it's it makes sense and it's just normal. Uh, if, if it can be classified as normal, but is you heal something, you feel like, you know, you made huge progress and then something new pops up. Yes. Some new memory <laughs> pops up. Uh, sometimes the memory doesn't pop up. You just need to be triggered by yes. someone else to remember, oh, okay, there's this other thing I forgot about, right? And that's what healing is. Uh, mm. I said it in another podcast recently that if you 
don't have these experiences to work through continuously in your life, then there would be nothing challenging you and life would be pretty boring or bland for that matter. So that often discourages people where they're like, oh, I've made all this progress. Now I'm ready to move forward in my life. And then boom, they get hit by another memory or they get triggered again and they get discouraged. And I would encourage and I encourage people to take that as another opportunity and learn a little bit more about yourself because all these memories and experiences, what they're allowing you to do is look inward and get a better understanding of yourself. And that's why for me, it's so important to help people focus on healing internally because that healing really allows you to achieve a lot of things in life and live mm. the best self, as I've mentioned, because if you don't do that work, you may make progress. You may have achievements in life. It's just going to hold you back because you're not going to feel that level of contentment or empowerment when you do achieve things. You're always going to feel like something's missing because yes. a part of you is still not healed. No, that makes total sense. Um, it, it's like, if you think about yourself three years ago, you probably have everything you want right now right. that you wanted three years ago, but you're still not yeah. content. You're still seeking Correct. for the next things. What sort of qualities do we need to embody to like fall in love with this journey of continuously growing? Yeah, I think having openness, right? And, and I translate that to humility because we... We don't have all the answers mm. and so it's recognizing that having that humility to have that openness but at the same time also having the humility when those opportunities present themselves that you're willing to be humble and open to learn because mm. they, those opportunities often come with a lesson and if we shut ourselves off or if we approach it from a place of our ego then we're missing out on those opportunities to learn so that's one piece um, i actually I've basically built a course and what I do is talk through these six barriers of self-love. And so humility is one of them. Another one is forgiveness. And people really struggle with that because mm. often we haven't, we struggle with forgiveness for others because part of it means we need to forgive ourselves. So when these incidents happen in our life, we often blame ourselves or we tell ourselves we deserved it. Right. And, and that's the narrative we carry around. But that forgiveness is not only for ourselves, because maybe we were vulnerable. We trusted someone and we got uh, completely our trust was violated. So that's very hurtful. So being able to forgive is not only forgiveness for the individual, but ourselves. And mm. often people struggle with that forgiveness. And what I also like to remind people is forgiveness, you may need to forgive the same person for the same thing multiple times, because yes. you may forgive one part of it. And then you feel like the memory or the trauma or the pain is still there. So how can you come back and forgive them again for something different from that mm -hmm. one experience? So forgiveness is important. Um, solitude, I think you really need to take the time to be alone and comfortable in that space of silence and stillness. Solitude doesn't mean that you just sit at home and watch TV or, or stuff like that. You want to be able to be sitting in stillness and feeling the emotions and experiencing them, giving yourself that space of stillness uh, and getting comfortable in those moments 
a lot of people, myself included in the past, I would avoid those moments because they were very uncomfortable. So I would constantly be seeking stimula stimulation or trying to put myself in social situations just to avoid that discomfort. Mm. Um, the other piece of quality I offer people is connection. So connection with yourself, but then also being mindful of the connection you have with other people. What is that connection based on? You know, there's a, a time in the past for me, it was like based on going out and doing certain things or being in the wrong environments and you connected with people because you shared that. And those connections aren't really built on a solid foundation. No. So connection is very important where we are uh, social creatures. We, we crave it. We need it. So how can you build a healthy connection with yourself, which is part of that solitude I, I was talking about, but also being mindful of the connections you're building around you and being mindful of the people you surround yourself with. Because the, the, the people you surround yourself with, and that's very common, a lot of people talk about it, determines your, your state of mind, but it also determines what kind of goals and things you're focusing on, right? Right. If you're surrounding yourself with negativity, you're going to have, you're going to absorb that negativity as much as you think that, oh, I'm a positive person. It's, it's only natural that if you're surrounded by a certain environment, that is going to, that's what you're going to absorb. So mm -hmm. connection is very important as well. Are you tired of constantly feeling burnt out while trying to achieve your goals? Do you find yourself struggling to maintain motivation and productivity over long periods of time? I'd like to introduce you to the Goal Getting Journal, the ultimate solution for those of you who want to surpass their goals without burning out. Our journal is designed to help you set achievable goals, track your progress, and maintain a healthy work-life balance. With our journal, you'll discover practical strategies for managing stress, staying motivated, and avoiding burnout, including time blocking, habit stacking, and so much more. You'll also learn how to prioritize your tasks and maximize your productivity so you can get more done in less time. The Goal Getting Journal is perfect for anyone who wants to achieve their goals without sacrificing their mental health and well-being. Whether you're an entrepreneur, a student, or just someone who wants to make any positive change in your life, the Goal Getting Journal can help you stay on track and avoid burnout. And for Holistic Fitness Podcast listeners, you can get 20% off your first journal using the code HF podcast. Go to goalgettingjournal.com and type HF podcast at checkout to get your discount. So what are you waiting for? Order the Goal Getting Journal today and start getting your goals without burning out. Um, the, the other piece is expectations. So having realistic expectations, uh, we tend to have very harsh expectations of ourselves. So, you know, as yes. you mentioned in your childhood experience, when you expressed you wanted to be an actress or people took, made fun of you in your drama class, they're setting expectations on you at a very young age, right? And you're basically being conditioned to respond to those things. For me, it was the same thing. I was, uh, I had these high expectations of being able to go to school and achieve. I had very similar dreams like yourself. I wanted to be a professional athlete. I wanted to be an actor and same thing. I got laughed at. I got told that that's not sustainable. Mm. It's um, you just need to go find a job and just work like everyone else. A real so, job. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So then 
those are the expectations I carried. And, and anytime I fell short, I turned against myself. Mm -hmm. I was very harsh with myself. So that's another thing people need to become aware of in my mind is where, what are those expectations and where are they coming from? Are they your own or were they programmed into you at a very young age? Expectations are good as long as they're realistic and they allow you to achieve a certain goal, but they can't mm. cause you to turn against yourself. So that's the other thing. And the last thing I offer is comparisons. Be mindful of your comparisons. And it's so mm. hard in today's world with social media where you have access to everyone's life, but you're only getting an, uh, getting access or visibility to a small percentage of their life. Yes. And we tend to fall into that trap where it's like, oh my God, look at this person. He's just so happy. He's traveling. He's got all his cars. He's got this big house. He's got this beautiful partner, blah, blah, blah. The list goes on. And then we just focus on that one thing. And then we compare our life to that one thing. Mm. And then we hate on ourselves or we have this negative dialogue with ourselves, this narrative. And we don't realize that we're only comparing a small fraction. We don't know what's going on behind closed doors. So what I offer people in that sense is compare yourself to who you were. Mm. So just focus on where you were yesterday and how are you improving today? And if you're not making those improvements, how can you make an improvement tomorrow, but keep comparing yourself to you. Cause that is the best comparison. You are, you have the, all that information. You have all the visibility on who you are. Don't try to compare yourself to others. Cause you're always going to feel like you're falling short. So mm -hmm. those are some of the things I offer in characteristics. Sorry, long-winded answer, but that's my focus and what I try to educate people on when it's coming to self-love and your own healing. Yes. And those are all such important qualities and important things to move towards, you know, especially that, that forgiveness, because forgiveness of others really is forgiveness of the self. And, and I know, like, even with my own kind of family journey, it's uh, very, I, I don't share too many details because it's their story to share, right. share and not mine, but it, it affected me greatly. And that forgiveness journey, as you mentioned, was hard. You know, you mm. forgive for one thing, you forgive for another thing, you forgive for another thing, but it's, forgiving and this is going to sound selfish but you've got to forgive others for yourself Absolutely. like why that's taking ownership away from yourself as well why spend your life being a victim of like oh well this was terrible this happened to me this happened to me and then do that for the next 40 years of your life when you for can forgive and then create a new narrative break that generational key and then move towards something else and take complete ownership and and, and i do view lack of forgiveness um, and some of these things as you not taking ownership for your own life. Right. Yeah. So what along those lines, what I often say to people is what happened was not your fault. Exactly. Right? Yeah. But it is your responsibility to deal with it and move forward because no one else is going to come and do it for you. Mm. The other misconception around forgiveness for a lot of people where they get stuck is, oh, if I forgive that person, I'm letting them off the hook. It's like, well, no. you're not holding them responsible by having resentment. They don't even know that you've got all this resentment and, and hurt built up inside of you. They're, they've probably moved on with their life. You're the one who's choosing to remain stuck. 
So it's not letting them off the hook. It's really freeing yourself and liberating yourself through forgiveness. So that's where people need to perhaps need to uh, have that shift in mindset or their perspective about what forgiveness really means and mm. being stuck there and being upset at that person or being angry or feeling like they don't deserve your forgiveness. Well, who's the one who's being held back to your point? Like if you're who's hurting, like, <laughs> yeah, if you're the victim, you're not moving forward, right? A victim mindset will not get you far. No one's going to come pick up the pieces for you. No one's going to come give you sympathy or, or, pull you forward because everyone's doing their own journey, right? Everyone yes. has their own stuff that they need to forgive. So um, that's what people need to keep in mind that forgiveness to your point, it's not even selfish because like I said, people are, if someone did something to hurt me, yeah, they may be aware of it, but they've moved on with their life. So me not forgiving is not even about being selfish. It's about just liberating myself and giving myself that freedom to move forward. Mm, yeah. That makes total sense. And I, like, I, I'm pretty like big into energetics as well. And even like, if yeah. you're in that resentment phase, like <laughs> if you just can't get rid of it, maybe a good way to think about it is like, well, they're going to continue to recreate that experience and cause themselves more pain unless they also forgive this situation. Hopefully they do. But I really, as you mentioned earlier, like if someone continues to hurt others, they're going to continue to to go down that road unless they build the self-awareness and gain that awareness and, and break their childhood trauma because we're all we're all a bunch of children and adults bodies at the end of the day yeah. until we focus on what's happening <laughs> absolutely i mean there's a saying i i heard uh, i've heard a couple of times so i'll paraphrase but basically around resentment it goes like uh, resentment is like drinking poison and hoping the other person dies right yes so, that's so good yeah so so that's the piece with the resentment the other thing i've focused on is i don't know if your listeners are familiar with david hawkins work uh one of the books he wrote so he did a lot of work on the consciousness map but he talks about letting go the pathway to surrender is one of his books but yeah he talks about the lower energy states as you alluded to so right despair, yeah. despair anger resentment i don't know if resentment is in the list specifically but despair anger as you can appreciate or pride ego they're lower energy states so you're always going to be in that lower energy state and when you're in that lower energy state that's the type of energy you're attracting into your life so those are the mm. type of people that are going to come in those are the type of situations that are going to come in so for a lot of people that stay in that angry state life will continue to give you that so they often wonder like, oh, I can't catch a break. Why do bad things always happen to me? It's because that's the vibrational energy you're you're situated in. And that's what you're attracting. If you think about it from a law, from mm -hmm. the law of attraction, whether or not you believe in it, but just even think about your mindset. When you're in that angry state, you're always looking for those situations or you're identifying those things to validate your perspective. So yes. when you're in those higher energy states, love and peace, it's easier, even if you don't believe in the law of attraction, it's easier for you to dismiss things because you're just have this level of unconditional love for everything, for everyone. You welcome any situation. You don't, you know, one of the things I like to look at now through my journey is when certain things happen, I don't say, oh, these things are happening to me. 
because I'm giving my power away. I'm looking at it as these things are happening for me. Mm-hmm. Where is the opportunity in this? Even if the situation presents itself as something I'm not in the moment appreciative of, or I'm not content with the outcome, it's seeking that opportunity. What can I learn from this? How can I make this situation better? How can I uh, use that humility and do something with it? So mm-hmm. it's being aware of these energy states as well um, that I try to remind people. Yes. No, I love that. You know, learning about these energy states and how like they hold a different frequency in your body, that's what's actually helped triggered me on my journey mm-hmm. um, before I was doing all of this, before I, um, you know, left a corporate job, a, a relationship and freed up a lot of energy was learning about these frequencies. And like guilt is one of the most like yes. energy sucking things. And I was holding a lot of guilt um, all the time because of what you mentioned earlier, expectations. And sometimes I do wonder, like, I'm always very lucky. I consider myself pretty lucky with men. I've always had men in my life that have treated uh, romantic men. I should change, mm-hmm. change that too. Like, <laughs> You know, there's been issues like and stuff like that, but there was never any negative intention. And then I see other mm-hmm. people, girls who get in relationships and their boyfriends cheat on them. They abuse them, like constantly getting in these situationships where people treat them like absolute trash. Mm-hmm. And I just find like, and, and really lovely people that don't deserve it. And I'm always really curious about how the frequencies and how the childhood trauma and stuff affects you like recreating these cycles because I don't think anyone deserves it. Mm-hmm. But it is interesting how certain scenarios come to more to people more that don't to others. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, I mean, for sure. Uh, and that we t- touched on it, right? You're, yeah. We're talking about those vibrational frequencies and those energies, because again, there's that whole notion of law of attraction. You're going to attract what you're putting out there. So Mm. if you're having, carrying this energy around that, oh, I have all this trauma, I'm a victim, I'm angry at the world, I'm guilty, you're, that's what you're going to attract because, you know, like-minded people attract each other, right? So, and, and, and like I said earlier, because that's your perspective on life, that's all you're going to see, right? Mm. So there's an aspect of, quantum physics too, or or quantum mechanics, I like to look at is, it's how you observe things until you haven't observed it, it hasn't really happened. Right. Mm. So so there's that whole notion there that I like. And and in terms of that's the perspective I like to take. So if a situation happens, you know, this is the coolest thing I often um, what I enjoy about having friends who have different views on life or different beliefs, different faith systems, whatever it is, you can offer each other such a uh, variety of perspectives. So Mm. we look at a very specific isolated situation and say there's five of us, all five of us will see something very unique about it. Mm. That just goes to show you that we have such, uh, because of our past experiences, our perspectives get distorted. So if you constantly in that lower energy state, and maybe guilt is where you tend to operate the most, you're going to look at any given situation and pick out what aligns with where you are in your life. Mm. So if you're able to move up and and do your healing and move forward in life 
and grow through these experiences, then you're going to start seeing a lot of the positivity in any experience, right? And obviously, life is never all peachy. There's going to be things <laughs> that happen that we're not happy with. But again, it comes back to how can you find the opportunity in those situations and give yourself that space to feel all your emotions. Mm. Absolutely, that's fine. Feel all your emotions, uh, express how you're feeling, but don't let that bog you down. You know, give, yes. after you've given yourself that space, look at where the opportunity is. How can you be grateful and, and then work with what is happening for you, right? So it's all about mindset at the end of the day. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking throughout. Like what you were saying there is like, if you can just flip the script to how is life happening for me right now, that's mm. such a great tool to take away um, to move you more into that like growth mindset. I don't even want to say positivity because it's not always sunshine and roses, no. but you're able to extract the lesson from a situation so you can continue to take ownership of your life, which is super Correct. cool. Yeah, we, yeah. We haven't touched on self-love in too much detail yet, but you did mention self-love a little earlier. So, I mean, I think a lot of people can look at self-love as bubble baths and, and wine Wednesdays or, you know, maybe a football day, um, but it can look different for everyone. So how do you help people embody more self-love? Yeah. Yeah. So I touched on some of the six frameworks that I've built mm. into the work I do. Those are all aspects of self love in my mind. Uh, I believe if, if they're not appropriately calibrated in your life, then you're blocking that ability to give yourself love. But yeah, it can look like anything for people, right? Whether it's pampering themselves, going and getting a massage or whatever it is. Sure, you can do those things. But to me, it's also on a deeper level, right? A lot of the mm -hmm. times people look at the materialistic external things that we do for ourselves, whether it's shopping or spending time with certain people or going on a trip, whatever it is. Yes, those things are important. Absolutely. Take care of yourself. But on a deeper level, what kind of narrative do you have? What kind of uh, dialogue do you have with yourself? So another great book I will recommend um, is The Four Agreements by Don Miguel mm. Jr. And the biggest, like the first one he talks about is um, be impeccable with your word. That's the first agreement. So how are you being impeccable with your word? Not only in terms of how you speak to others, but how you speak to yourself. Yes. How often do we recognize? And I'm guilty of it too. Even till now, I have very hard, high expectations of myself. So when I falter or I fail, um, I'm very harsh with myself. I'm like, oh, you suck. But it's recognizing, okay, how am I talking to myself? Where is this coming from? How can I change it? How can I have more kindness and compassion for myself? So again, a long-winded answer to your question is coming back to that ability to have grace, self-compassion, and kindness with ourselves. So when we do fall short, when we do miss the mark, how can we speak to ourselves kindly and have compassion for ourselves? Because if we're able to do that for ourselves, then we're able to give it to others. That It starts with the self first and foremost. Mm -hmm. So that's another area of self-love I, I hope people recognize is, is how they speak to themselves. And then the other agreement in that book is don't take things personally, which really resonates for me because a lot of the times, even now, 
when someone does something or says something or a situation happens, I, I personalize it. It's like, oh, it's <laughs> this person is saying this because of me. But yes. again, our our views of, of life and the world are so distorted from because of our past, it's easier to personalize things. But we when you take a step back and you've built that practice of compassion and kindness for yourself and you're able to give it to others, when people do things that maybe you feel like are being directed to you, you can have compassion for them too because you realize that, oh, maybe that person's hurting. That's why he's being cruel or that's why she's doing this nasty thing. It has nothing to do with me. Hey, Holistic Fitness fam, a quick message from one of our sponsors, Ned. As you all know, I recommend good nutrition, movement, and stress management practices before supplementing so you know what type of supplementation that your body actually needs. For me, I supplement with very few products, but Ned is one of them. I'm a type A, high energy, ambitious business girly with massive goals. And sometimes I honestly just need to chill out and relax a bit. I've found that both Ned's de-stress and sleep blends fit in with my busy lifestyle and ambitious goals, but I was honestly not a big fan of CBD products before trying Ned, mostly because of the culture surrounding weed. I just didn't want something that was going to alter my state of mind so that I became much less of a goal-getter or less ambitious. That was until I learned about full-spectrum hemp and their benefits. Ned blends a chock full of premium CBD and a full spectrum hemp of active cannabinoids. Ned's full spectrum hemp oil nourishes the body's endocannabinoid system to, uh, to offer functional support for stress, sleep, inflammation, and balance. These products are science-backed, nature-based solutions that offer an alternative to prescription and over-the-counter drugs. All of Ned's products are... All of Ned's full-spectrum hemp oil is extracted from USDA-certified organic hemp plants grown by an independent farmer named Jonathan in Colorado. I'm obviously a big fan, but don't take just my word for it. Ned CBD products have over 2,000 five-star reviews, and they work with incredible partners in the medical field like Dr. Caroline Leaf, Dr. Christian Gonzalez, and Dr. Will Cole. Ned is providing Holistic Fitness podcast listeners a very special discount. If you'd like to give Ned a try, listeners get 15% off Ned products with the code Lori Lee, L-O-R-I-L-E-E. Thanks, Ned, for sponsoring the show and offering a natural remedy to bring balance to so many people's well-being. Mm. Maybe I'm on the receiving end, but this is not personal. This is just someone hurting. And how can I be compassionate towards them, have empathy, perhaps, as we've talked, forgive them. Yes. And when we're able to show up as these compassionate beings and not hold any judgment, people start appreciating that. They feed off of our energy. So the biggest thing I've noticed uh, doing being on this journey, I've noticed that it's improved all my relationships, especially with family and close friends, because I'm not judging, I'm not taking things personally, they feel safe around me, they feel mm. accepted, they feel seen, they feel heard, because that's yes. all what that, that's all that we want from everybody, right? So how can we make others feel seen and heard and build those healthy connections, like I talked about, it's through 
compassion and kindness. But again, it starts with us. When we give it to ourselves, then we built that practice and it's easier to give it to others. And then when we give it to others, we just invite everyone in and bring everyone closer. And, and that's what the world really needs. Fakan, mm. you've really hit the nail on the head with some really great points when it comes to self-love. Like we are so much the main character in our own story that we forget that we're just a side character or an NPC, which is a non-playable character in gamer yeah. terms in everyone else's life. And nothing is personal even when they say it's personal. And I think Peter Crone says that, like someone can say to you, you're an absolute piece of shit and you're a terrible person, but you may have done things that aren't ideal and, and that you right. need to work on. But at the end of the day, their response is a reflection of their own inner triggers, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, when you think about it, when you're in a good state of mind, and I'm sure everyone's had this experience where someone's just flipping out whether it's a family member, a friend, or even a stranger, and you're just like, wow, um, you don't take it personally, right? Yeah. So, so how does that feel in that moment? You know, one of the things I remind is like when, you know, like there's homeless people everywhere, and sometimes you walk by them, and they'll see something cruel or mean or whatever, do you take it personally? No, because you realize that, oh, this person's situation is not ideal, has nothing to do with me, they don't even know me, right? And you can kind of apply the same logic to people in your life that perhaps may call you out or say something hurtful. It's, well, does this person really know my intentions? Do they know where I'm coming from? Do they know where my heart's at? They're hurting themselves, right? Mm. And I like to say hurt people hurt people. So rather than judging them for that and saying, oh, this person's broken, how can you have compassion for them? Yeah. And and perhaps looking at them with empathy and being like, hey, you know, I hope things get better. I, I hope you feel better. I hope I can do something to help. And that breaks that animosity down and it welcomes people in. You don't have to do that with everyone. Not everyone in your mind perhaps deserve it or not everyone deserves your vulnerability. Uh, sometimes people have to earn it. But just keep that level of compassion and empathy and it can get you a long way. Mm, yeah, I definitely love that. And I think like a non-confrontational way to start is on the road um, with other drivers because I see people getting like really triggered by other drivers and you don't know that person from a bar of soap. And this is how I, I practice this anyway. I stopped getting pissed off at other drivers and I can have someone like cut in front of me slam on the brakes, start honking. And now my mindset is like, wow, this person is literally so upset about another driver on the road. Like I can't imagine like how highly charged they are all throughout their day. And if you practice with something with like people you, I don't want to say that you don't care about, but people that like maybe there isn't as much history with, that's a good place to start. So that when yeah. you start moving into like going to Thanksgiving with your family or Christmas with your family and you're really getting those triggers up, you've you've got some sort of like repetition, so to speak in. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, the, the road rage is the perfect example. I think what, what I realized I mean, I used to get upset too. I'm like, why is this person flipping me off or cutting me off? Yeah. <laughs> but I had this one experience where I was driving super early in the morning and this person just lost it on me. Just absolutely like was completely outraged. And just, I thought he was going to like run his car into something or someone. Goodness. And I was like, 
I'm like, this is like first thing in the morning. How bad is this person's life that he's so angry? Like, where is he coming from? Where is he going? What happened last night? A million questions came into my head. And that was the first time I realized, oh, this is not personal. Mm. And having that space really changed my mindset. So now when those situations happen, I'm like, this is obviously not about me. This yeah. person's probably upset that he has to go home or he's just left home or, you know, she is probably dealing with something very difficult and I'm just an outlet. So how can I just calmly take it and, and, you know, wish that person the best and, and, you know, pass on some positive vibes. Um, so yeah, to your point, I think when you can start managing that in those road rage situations you're building that practice when it comes to some situations that are perhaps more personal mm, for sure i know something you also teach people or work with people with is discipline and, and we're talking about repetitions right now i know as a fitness trainer there's a lot of discipline yeah. but also with the mental work there's a lot of discipline how do you help teach people discipline while also like balancing those self expectations? Cause they can kind of work against each other. You, you know, like if you don't make a workout, you kind of feel the guilt and stuff like that. So how do you help people through that journey? Yeah. So, you know, we great point around expectations. If you're setting expectations around workouts, where is that coming from? Right. Yeah. And again, what's the internal narrative you have when you miss and expectation. So it's, again, having that level of kindness and compassionate for yourself that yes, expectations are great. But I think the way I look at it is discipline is more than just the physical exercise, because that's where people's mind goes immediately. But yeah, as you touched on, it, it's more of a mental thing, right? Um, it's being able to say no to the things that you know, don't serve you. Yeah. That's discipline that takes a lot of courage but it's to me discipline is really um and it's kind of a mixed match mismatch of uh definitions that i've heard but it's making a sacrifice in the now so it benefits your future self mm. and that could be anything right so yeah that means you wake up early to go to the gym or you wake up early to meditate those are all acts of discipline and you're always thinking about your future self. So it's saying no to your friends when they're going to the bar or they're going out for a night to, to do certain things that, yeah, may sound like fun in the moment, but thinking about, okay, well, my future self in the 12 hours is not going to be happy with me. So yes. how can I make the sacrifice now? So then it pays dividends in the future. And you, once you start stacking those habits, so sometimes it's just like what I try to tell people is don't aim too high, right? Don't hope for like an astronomical change in the immediate, right? And it's the same concept when it comes to fitness. You're not going to see the results of just going and lifting weights for three months. You're not. You're, you're setting up yourself up for failure if that's the mindset you go in with. So it's, it's being dedicated. It's making those small sacrifices and sticking with it and, and consistency is really huge so how can you make those small incremental changes every day it's going to the like i'll use the fitness example again it's going to the gym four, three times a week or four times a week it's doing the small things right it's eating right it's being there doing the weights and then 
in a year, you're going to start seeing those changes coming in. But that doesn't mean you just give up and stop because you've seen the changes. It's building on yes. that right? to maintain that practice. So it's the same thing with everything else. Make those small incremental changes. If, if mindset is one of those things, journal every day. You're not going to see the results immediately. But in six months, it's going to be a habit and it's going to start paying off. So I don't know if I answered your question, but in a way, it's it's those small sacrifices, the small incremental gains you make every day, even though you don't see the results. It's believing in yourself and the vision you set for yourself. And and then it's the consistency. It's mm. doing it over and over again, even if it's painful, if it's uh, hard, even if you'd rather sleep in and not do it. It's, it's being consistent. And that's when you start seeing the results. Um, but it really boils down to the vision you set yourself for set for yourself. And do you believe in it? Mm, exactly. And do you believe you can do it? And if right. you don't, it's doing all the things we've spoken about, like shedding those layers, working through that childhood trauma drilling down to the root cause of those limiting beliefs so that you don't break those small promises. And and I think it was awesome what you said around like small consistency, you know, whatever's actually achievable and not to plug my own journal, but in the goal getting journal, like this is a huge thing. Like what can you actually achieve when you have the worst week ever? Right. Like, you know, you're going through your divorce. Like yes. what's your absolute minimum of what you can mm -hmm. do in that week? And a lot of us kind of view ourselves tomorrow as our best selves rather than actually like getting realistic with who we are today and what we're capable of tomorrow. And that's the reason why it sometimes takes a year to see results because you're probably not going to wake up tomorrow and become a marathon runner, but we like think of ourselves in that way. It's really funny. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and the consistency piece is so important. I think, yeah a lot of people don't give it enough weight because mm. there are times where I'm not feeling good. Like I'm feeling maybe tired or I'm feeling sick or something happened that I'm not happy about. And it's easy for me to not wake up early and do my morning routine because yes. that's the first thing that often we let go of. But my commitment to myself has been whether I'm feeling crappy or whether I'm not happy with how things are going this week. I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to be consistent and I'm going to do my morning routine. Even if I don't deliver at my fullest potential, yeah. I'm, I'm still sticking with the process and I'm still doing it because mm. guess what? When next week rolls around and things are starting to look great, I'm at the top of my game. I haven't let myself slide. So that those things are very important. Like the consistency is probably in my mind, the most important thing when it comes to discipline, right? Mm. Yeah. It's easy to do the hard things for two weeks. Everyone can do that, right? You're motivated, but discipline, like motivation comes and goes. It's mm. really discipline and your commitment to whatever you believe in that will get you through. Yeah. You're so right. I had another guest on the podcast and he was speaking about his dad, one of the most successful people that he knows. And he like had a surgery, always went to the gym like seven days per week, even if it was just stretching in the gym on his rest day, like always had the practice and the commitment to go inside the gym and 
of course, when he had surgery, you're not allowed to work out. You just can't. It's going to be detrimental to your health. He still went to the gym every single day just to do a lap, to get into the gym, walk around, be in that environment for a bit and then leave. And that was yeah. his consistency in this that moment when he physically wasn't able to work out because of his surgery, which I thought was super cool, to be honest. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's it's important and, and environment is huge, right? Yeah. We've talked about it, we've touched on it. Um, who you're surrounding yourself with, where you're putting yourself, because you do absorb that energy. We've talked about energy states too and the situations we invite into our lives. The environment is huge. And if you want a consistent practice, you have to be surrounding yourself with people who are doing the same thing or are putting yourself in the environment that is conducive for those practices. So absolutely. Mm. I've really enjoyed this conversation with you, Furkan. We've, as you just mentioned, we've spoken about a lot. We've spoken about energy states, uh, motivation, discipline. We've spoken about your six principles as well to to really help people take ownership of their lives and and move into that growth state. And I've genuinely enjoyed learning from you today. Um, I, I feel very blessed to have people who are so smart in different disciplines, and I just get to ask you all a bunch of questions. Um, we do have a final question on this podcast, and I. I've actually recently changed it because of my last guest who who um, she said something that made me want to change it. So mm-hmm. my final question is your 70 year old self. So a few, a few decades from now, what advice would he give you for you right now? What advice? Yeah. What does your future self like want you to know? Just stick with it. Love it. Yeah, just stick with it. Um, and that's what I tell everyone. And we that's kind of along the lines of what we talked about, right? Sticking yeah, surrender. With yeah, 100%. <laughs> just trust yeah. it's going to come. I love that. Yeah. yeah. Amazing. Well, I'm sure that a lot of people want to learn more about your work. So where can we all find you to learn more about you and potentially work with you? Sure. I mean, I'm fairly active on social media. My primary go-to platform is Instagram. Uh, at Instagram, I can be found at Unoya Zen. So it's a bit mouthful, but it's at, it's spelled E-U-N-O-I-A-Z-E-N at Unoya Zen. And then I'm also a podcaster. So if people are interested on my take on, on life with my guests, uh, my podcast is called EZ Conversations. So E-Z. And then conversations. So a bit of a play on words with the Unoyas and <laughs> but yeah, that, those are the two best ways to either find me or listen to the things I talk about. Yes, that's awesome, Fakan. And I will definitely have all of those um, things in the show notes as well. So if you've already forgotten the spelling, just open up the show notes and then click on it to get to Fakan's Instagram. <laughs> Thank you. And thank you for having me on this. I really enjoyed this conversation. It's always a pleasure to speak with like-minded people and, and share the message. No, it's been a pleasure having you. Thank you so much for joining. And for everyone else, no matter where you're listening, whether you're in the car, cleaning the house, wherever you're listening to the Holistic Fitness Podcast, eat well, move well, breathe well. And until next time, keep shining.